Well, I'm ready to give you guys the word of God. Are you ready to receive the word of God? I hope so. A couple announcements before we do. Um, we have, thank you, sweetheart, we have a lot of events coming up at the church. I want to first talk about the cards that's on your chairs. And normally these would be in the announcements, but I really want to push this year at Faith Builders, we are really promoting Holy Week at the church. And we're going to do some new things here um, that we haven't done before. So I really want to explain this to you. But we have a whole bucket full of these, boxes full of these cards. I want you to grab two or three. Only take what you're going to really give away. We have six weeks till Easter. So we have lots of time to invite your friends, your family members, your coworkers. We're going to put down chairs everywhere you can look. And I want this place full of people to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And Sunday is going to be, a, that Easter Sunday is going to be fabulous. But on your cards, it shows you that on Palm Sunday, we're kicking off our Holy Week. And we're going to do a full-blown water baptismal service. And Pastor Paul is going to be preaching on Palm Sunday. And we're going to, whoever wants to be baptized, if they want to get renewed baptized, we're going to do a beautiful baptism service right here in the sanctuary. So you'll have the opportunity online to sign up for that. And then after that, on that Wednesday night, um, during Holy Week, we are going to do something very special, and we're going to gather all together, the entire church, and we are having a worship communion night on Passover during Holy Week. And what is so special about this one is they are calling a national um, communion service all over the United States. So there are going to be millions of people gathering on Passover Wednesday to worship and receive communion as a nation. And I believe God's going to use that to continue sparking this revival and this special move of God that is happening. Amen. So I want you to take this card home. Mark your calendars down. Now, this is a little later in my, my teaching, but we, I'm going to challenge our church starting tomorrow. I would like us to begin a 30-day, every day, receiving communion at home. And I want you to sit your family down, your children, explain communion to them. We're going to put up every day on the website a format for you to receive communion with your family. We'll have a scripture that you can break. You can print it or use your phones. Share scripture with your children. If you're married, do this communion together. My heart is to really bring Jesus into our everyday. You know, not that we don't love him, but really saying, I'm going to take the next 30 days to receive communion and remind remind us what the word of God says when you receive communion and I want you to do that with your children and with each other and share scriptures and I want you to pray together and when we when you start tomorrow you will by time we come together on Passover Wednesday it'll be 30 days that we receive communion as a church body together corporately so I really believe on that Wednesday night some powerful things are going to happen at our church amen so I encourage you to do that I you don't need fancy communion cups. We've got them. You don't need these. You can just find a piece of bread, a cracker, even water. You don't have to be extra fancy with it. It's just do this in remembrance of me is what Jesus said. I want us to really be, and you are, but that whole week we're just going to be reminded of Jesus and what he's done for us and his love and his forgiveness and his healing and miracles. And I believe that's what's stirring this undercurrent of revival that's happening in America is just stripping down all the fancy of church and just going back to the fundamentals of just Jesus. Amen. And so then on Good Friday, 
we are going to be hosting what's called Stations at the Cross. And I'm not sure if many of you are familiar with that. I went last year, and it was so powerful for me personally. And it's going to be an open house. I forget our time. It's on the back of your card. Um, and you can come in, and it's, it, you just walk through and you pray yourself. So the room will be set, beautiful. There will be stations, 12 stations of Jesus' journey to the cross. And you're going to partake at every step. And there's places where you can forgive and release things. You're, you'll be able to write on paper and nail some things to the cross. And, and the entire time we're going to be showing the passion of the Christ. It won't be volume but it'll be playing and you can just sit with your family and, and just let God speak to you and pray together and there's a workbook you can go through and it really changed my life last year when I visited another church and they were so gracious to give me the whole program and they don't normally do that and they gave it to us at Faith Builders so we're going to open it up to all of North Phoenix so there'll be a lot of visiting people come through um, but I really would love you to make sure that you partake of that so I think it goes to 7 o'clock so if you're working you'll have plenty of time to go through that and then the last Last day is Easter Sunday, and that's going to be our big day. And, of course, we're going to have the big party afterwards, a blow-up slide. I think we have food. Titus is putting together a hot dog stand, and we've got balloons for the kids, all kinds of stuff. You know how we throw a big party. So this, that's the day to get your friends and family here, amen, because they love stuff like that. All right, one more thing before I get into my lesson is March 23rd and 24th, girls, we have a Faith Sisters event for you. And this isn't going to be a normal, typical conference. It is going to be an impacting, freedom, delivering, imparting of the Holy Spirit two nights. I have two ladies coming in that are God is using across the nation to help women find freedom, to ignite their calling, to stir up the Holy Spirit. It's going to be two powerful Holy Spirit nights. It's only two nights only and I want to make sure you get signed up first because once it goes public they're very known it, this place will fill up I promise you so make sure girls once the link goes out I'm going to send it to you first please buy your tickets they're going to be very affordable buy them get registered any friends you want to get in here do that right away then the day after I'm going to send them to the public and then they'll go very quickly so let's be a part of that amen because I believe God is igniting and stirring and doing something and then men of God I want to call on you because on those two nights I really want to call the men to be here on that night also We'll have childcare available, but there's something in my spirit this week as I was praying over the night with the, with the ladies is that God says, I need the men here to safeguard the women. And what I, what I saw in the spirit was the men just lining the walls and in the courtyard praying for us as we're here and, and protecting us as we're here and, and really being a beautiful covering of, of the presence of God over this next two events. And I also believe that while we're being ministered to, you're going to be ministered to also. So whatever you can do, if you can got to get off work early or whatever it is, I just encourage you to be here on those two nights, one or the other. And Pastor Matt and them will get a schedule together. But we're going to have you wear your hero shirts, and we want to see the men represented in the house, amen? And that makes us women feel so safe and uh, covered and celebrated. So anyway, okay, are you ready for the word now? All right. So uh, I prepared a message, gosh, about a week ago for this Sunday, and uh, the Lord just turned my heart yesterday and said, I want you to teach on something else. And so last night I was up late, up early, just putting this together because I believe it's a word of God in season for us as a church and individually. But my title is called The Oil of Intimacy. I want to talk to you about the oil of intimacy because as a church, we're not living in a normal normal timeline of life. 
We're not living in a normal church time. I mean, not just all the negativity, but God is turning the tides of his church. As you know, the revivals are happening. There's little pockets of revival that's moving. And maybe not revival yet, but an awareness of worship and the presence of God. And people are being stirred. And so we're not living in a normal time. You know, there's times where you can just have your 24-7 relationship with God, and it's wonderful. And then there's times where we have to hear the voice of the Spirit because God is saying something that he didn't say before. And there's a voice of God arising. There, there's a clarion call of the Spirit for the church of Jesus Christ to arise in this hour. I mean, the world is so loud right now. I mean, the world is brazen with their desires and their antichrist agenda and their satanic plan. I mean, Brazil just had a festival that was completely elevating demonic the devil. He, the devil was, was walking in this parade and, and was dragging Jesus in the streets and beating Jesus. And then they had on this huge float a giant sat Satan, a satanic thing, and there's little minions all around, and, and the crowd, it was a satanic festival. So I'm like, if the world is getting so brazen in the devil's agenda, the church needs to arise in this hour. We need to be a light in this world, and we need to be bold and courageous, and, and I believe that's what God is stirring. So we need to realize that God is calling the church to a sound of his spirit. He's calling us to repentance. He's calling us to turn back to our first love once again, not through religion. We've got to get out of this, it's a, it's a religious thing, I need to repent of my sins. No, I'm talking about a heart turn. And, you know, only God can turn the hearts. We can make life choice decisions, but they don't sustain themselves. But when we make a heart change with the Holy Spirit on our side, now we're flowing in that anointing of God, which is what I really want to get into. I believe God is calling us into that intimate relationship with him. I mean, where we're face to face with Jesus where I may be knee-to-knee -knee with him, and he's got one-on-one -on -one with me. He is looking for that intimate relationship with us right now, where he's speaking to us and we're speaking to him, where we're hearing the voice of God and the assignment of God. God has so many wonderful things that he wants to share with his church right now, but we're so busy. And we're so busy with the status quo and we're so busy with the news and all those things. And listen, I'm, I'm one of them. I have to guard my heart with all of that. But God is calling us to this position of worship and intimacy just with him so that the Holy Spirit can begin to do a work inside of our hearts and not just our minds. We don't need just a good altar experience, and we have them, and we'll have more of them. But we need a heart shift, change on the inside of us, where we wake up hungry for God. We wake up wanting his word. We wake up wanting to pray and worship. We wake up, can't wait to see who Jesus is going to lead us to, to pray for or share your testimony with. That's the winds of revival. The worship starts awakening us, but revival is the harvest coming into Jesus Christ. Christ. But it has to begin in this intimate relationship with us, amen? And that's why I want to do the all-church communion worship night. I believe these next 30 days, God's going to begin to awaken you, and he's going to stir the embers. I'm like, Lord, I'm like, Lord, we've, we've lit the match here at Faith Builders. There's no doubt. And now I'm just like, Holy Spirit, blow on him. Holy I told my mom, I said, I crave a move of the Holy Spirit so bad 
that during the day I was getting my nails done yesterday and just tears shot out of my eyes because I could see this great move of God. Like I have such an expectancy for what God's gonna do. But we have to stir the embers of the Holy Spirit once again on the inside of us. Amen. And so as we do this time where we're making Jesus the center of our home, every day, whatever time of day it is, we're bringing awareness back. And we're saying, Jesus, come and be the center of it all, like the song says. So I'm, my first point this morning is this. We're going to look at Matthew 25, and we're going to break down some of these scripture verses this morning. But this is a parable that Jesus shared, and it really is a sign of where we are as the church of Jesus Christ. And my number one point this morning is Jesus does find what it means to be wise in stewarding our life. Leave that up there for just a minute. Jesus has defined to us, he shows us in this parable what our life should look like. We don't see self-help in here. We don't see learning a lot of knowledge in here. Jesus is showing a clear way that we are to live our Christian life and not only live our Christian life, but sustain our Christian life and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. So this parable, right before this parable that he shares, he's talking about the time that he's going to come again. Nobody knows the day or the hour. There's a lot of people on TikTok who think they got it figured out. We've been doing this. Pastor Ed can verify. There's a lot of people who said Jesus was coming back a lot of times. We don't know. I do believe we're living in the end of the ends. I believe God is doing something, but that's not what we're talking about. It's a preparation for a move of God. It's not the end times to go, well, it's the end times. Jesus is coming. Let's just throw in the towel. We're waiting for Jesus to come. No. The end times, and I'll show you, is an awakening of the church to a move of the Holy Spirit. It's an end time awakening and revival. Jesus is going to come, but he's calling for this awakening to take place before that happens. So there's all this step, but revival means, or end time revival is awakening. It's renewing. It's refreshing. It's coming back to our first love. How many are longing for that kind of relationship with Jesus once again? I'm desperate for it. I've told you so many times, I'm so tired of the everyday, week-to-week Sunday. And we do it, and we gather, and we make room for the Holy Spirit, but we want more, God. We want your manifestation and your power. I know what the Lord showed me. People are going to walk through this altar. They're going to be healed, delivered, blinded eyes are going to open. People are going to come out of wheelchairs. I know that it's going to happen. But Jesus said, but you have to be wise to receive what I have for you we got to be wise in this hour, right? So we're expecting this great move of God. And in this parable, the 10 versions calls us to prioritize staying connected to his heart. He wants us to prioritize that we need to stay connected to Jesus in this hour like never before. And I'm not talking about Sunday to Sunday. That's good, and it's necessary, but I'm talking about staying connected to Jesus. So let's look at the scripture, Matthew 25, verses 1 through 2. It says, then the kingdom of heaven, say kingdom of heaven. See, there's a kingdom of heaven that God is calling here to earth. The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who will take their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. Now, I want to break down some of these Types that they're showing, that Jesus is showing, so you understand. The versions represented us as believers in Christ. It's the ones who were in sin, 
We were bound by addiction, bound by the past, and we came into Jesus. We were bought by the blood of the Lamb. We were forgiven of our sins and our past, and now we were made clean in Christ Jesus. How many know that's a great place to be? Amen. That we have Jesus. That makes us clean like a virgin. It gives us that fresh start. And so Jesus has declared you righteous in this hour. So you are like the virgins that's in this parable. Every one of us in this room. Goes on to say the lamp. So the lamp represented the life of God in us. The ministry that we're called to. Now, when we think of ministry, well, it's the pulpit or it's, it's you know, all these. No, we all have a ministry. Every one of you are called to ministry. It's your workplace, it's at the grocery store, it's at the gas station, it's to your family. Every one of you have a lamp that you should be shining in this dark world. And I believe all of you do have that because you love Jesus and you let your light shine. But he's just showing that every one of them are the same and they all have the same lamps. Jesus said in scripture that we are the light of the world. We're to be that light. You know, the light shines brighter in darkness, so we're not to be afraid of the darkness no, I'm going to shine my light in that dark world. Why? Because Jesus will be glorified. So we're the light of the world. The Bible says put your light on a candlestick so that the world can see. Don't hide it under a bushel. We have lamps for the world to see. We are to be the light of the world in this hour. We are to shine love and truth and healing and hope in our lives. Amen? we got to get those lights from out of the bushel or the closet and start letting those lights shine for Jesus. Jesus said, let your light shine. Light does what? It casts out darkness. That's what light does. And every one of us are called to do that. Another character that we see in the scripture verse is the bridegroom. And we know that the bridegroom is Jesus Christ. And what you see in the scripture is all ten of them had insight and personal opportunity with the bridegroom. They all had the same time with the bridegroom. They all looked the same. They all showed up with their lamp stacks or lamp posts or whatever they're called. They all showed up with their lights, but they all did not walk away with the oil. They didn't all walk away ready when they spent time with the bridegroom. That means that we all have to get ready to experience the time that we can be in the presence of God to receive the oil, to be ready for what God's called us to do. We can all show up at church. We can all serve and give, and all that's wonderful. We need to be doing that. But God is calling us to something more. He's calling us to collect the oil for the reserve in the times to come. Because the existing lampstands that you've got, I keep saying the wrong word. What is it? Thank you. I'll just say lamps. The existing lamps aren't going to be enough. The way that we used to do it isn't going to be enough. Just coming to church isn't going to be enough for what God's about to do. The world may get darker and darker, but we have to be ready with the oil of God, with the reserve ready. We can't be satisfied with just, well, this has been enough. And you know what? It's been enough for a little bit. But there'll come a time when it will run out of oil. And will you be ready to receive? Will you have that reservoir to pull from? Or will you run in panic? I better find God. I better find what the word says. What's happening in these last days? No, I'm getting the oil now. I'm getting the word of God now. Amen. And so you have the, I got way ahead of myself, but you, you, uh, these 10 versions came. So let's look at the next thing. Point two, acquiring oil is their first priority. First priority. The Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be added unto you. 
We have gotten in a season of the church, and it is sad, and all of us are included in this, where Jesus was not our first priority. Seeking the oil wasn't our number one priority. It was seeking everything else, seeking security, seeking the perfect little family unit, whatever it is. We've sought the education or the perfect job, and not that any of that is wrong, but the priority of the church right now is to seek the oil. Pull on the oil of the Holy Spirit in this hour. Or we're going to run our, find ourselves running out. So they all look the same. They all went to the bridegroom. And we all assumed they'd all be prepared. But they were not. We don't want people in this hour to be unprepared because we're afraid to tell the truth. I would rather tell the truth and someone get mad at me and go home and think about me all day long because they're mad at me about what I said, because that's going to stir truth in them, than to let them face the bridegroom without enough oil. Amen? So let's look at this. In the parable, Jesus was warning, Jesus' warning is that the wise people can become foolish if they neglect to continue to cultivate intimacy. So we can be wise and serving God all these years and even be fruitful in our life. But Jesus is saying the wise person is cultivating that intimacy all the time. I'm cultivating that worship and that private time on my knees in the presence of God. I'm humbling myself. I'm becoming vulnerable. In order for the oil to come out of the olive, it has to break open. I'm not talking about pressure right now. I'm talking about you being broken in the presence of God. What does that mean? I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to set time aside. I'm going to be vulnerable to the presence of God. I have found myself over the last few weeks just on my knees in my living room, just crying out to God in worship, just on my knees in his presence. And then the oil is coming down and the oil is pouring into me. The only way that you can receive the oil is in the presence of the Father. It's the only way. And we can sustain a long time on oil in our lamps. What we don't realize is that lamp is going dim. I'm just going to do this now. I have this analogy. And this is a modern-day lamp. But this is the church. This is how the church should be anyway. And we're, we're going to church, and we're loving God, and we're letting our light shine, and, and we're being faithful, but we're not taking that intimate time with God. We're not going to the word and finding new revelation, fresh rhema, crying out to God with tongues that can't be uttered, with the groanings of the Holy Spirit, letting him speak to you and break you and heal you in that one-on-one -on -one time. And, and what's happening is we're going to church and we're doing everything, but slowly, slowly, we don't realize it. I love God, I'm serving God, and yet you're broken, and you're discouraged, and you want to throw in the towel, and you want to quit, and you're offended, and you're wondering, God, where are you? And you're not realizing that you're running out of oil. And all of a sudden, this is what the church looks like. And we're trying to be the church of Jesus Christ. We're trying to raise revival. We're trying to get people healed and delivered and set free, and we have no oil in our lamp anymore. And the church light has been dulled by complacency and apathy. Because oil is a price. You don't earn it, but you pay for it. 
Because the oil is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you your time. It's going to cost you your flesh. It's going to cost you being silent in the presence of the Lord. What is that? So we, we've got our light, and, and it's maybe good right now. Maybe your light is here. I don't know where you're at. And it's running low. But when you have a posture of God and his word, and you've got your light shining, but you know you better get more oil on the inside of you, and you get alone with God, and you cry out to God through his word, and you open up your Bible, you say, God, give me truth, give me revelation, give me insight. God, cut me with your word. Convict me of my sin. Trouble my heart for the things that trouble you, God. And you're getting in that moment what's happening. Every time you do that, you're filling your vessel. I have this. This is full. Thank God I love God. But I have now. God, I love you and I worship you. And we put on a praise song and we just worship him and we say, God, I'm going to enter into your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. You are the alpha and the omega. You are my savior, my healer, my deliverer, my restorer. What are you doing? You're, you're pouring oil into your vessel. This is taken care of. But I have a reservoir now. I have Jesus in my time. I can't fill this up without this. And you're fasting, and you're praying, and you're receiving communion, and you're trusting God, and you're showing up when you want to quit, and you're praying in the Holy Spirit, you're crucifying this flesh, and you're letting God speak to you, and maybe you're just on your knees, and all you know how to do is cry. That's worship. When all you know how to do is just speak in tongues, that's worship. The Bible says when you don't know what to pray, pray in the Holy Spirit. The world has made it flaky, but it is a language of God. It is the language of heaven. And when you speak it, it connects to God. And God goes, I know that voice. I know that sound. I see her worship. I see him sacrificing. I see him serving the church. I see him showing up as a hero in God's house. I see it. And when you do that, you're being vulnerable to God and you're filling up your vessel with oil. That's why we want to quit and give up. This is why we're afraid of the world today because we're not filling ourselves up. We're dimming our light through discouragement and fear, and we're looking at what the world says. I am not worried about the world, not one day. Not one day. What troubles my heart is the church of Jesus Christ. Because it's time for us to arise. Amen? So it goes on to say, did I even get to my verse? <laughs> verse 2, five of them were wise. What does that mean? They had wisdom. Wisdom is you see past the natural and you see through the eyes of God. See, I don't see the need to make all this sacrifice, Pastor Barb. Things are going good in my life. I mean, I feel okay. Well, your light's probably about right here. And you're about to run out. Why? Because the wise can become foolish if you're not listening. He said, the five of them were wise. They discerned the times of the Spirit. It's not a time to play games. It's a time to hear the voice of the Spirit. And five were foolish. What does that mean? They were lacking good sense and judgment. They didn't discern the time. 
They didn't hear the voice of the Spirit. Those who were foolish took their lamps, but took no oil with them. They met the bridegroom. Oh, Jesus is here. I'll go to church. Good. Just taking my lamp. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Well, Pastor Barb better bless me this week. She better have a good word. That praise and worship better blow my hair. And if it doesn't, I'm going to find a church that does. Your lamp is low. Why? Because when it's full, I'm ready to worship. Let's dance at that altar. Let's shout. Let's worship. Let's call for revival. Why? Because my oil is full. But they just, took their, they just took their lambs. They didn't take the vessel. They didn't take the time while the bridegroom was there to pull on that anointing. When they needed See, we don't know what's going to come in the world. I don't know. We didn't know 2020 was going to happen. But you're here because you probably had a reserve of oil. Amen? And we got to continue to pull on that oil. Why? Because then you're pouring out. I'm not going to pour it back in there, but you're pouring out to people. You're pouring out to your family. You're pouring out. That means I better get in the presence of God. You know, even me as a pastor, I've got to be at his feet. We can't sustain with just good, happy preaching. That's why God told me to preach this. I tell you, I didn't want to go study last night. My flesh was screaming, but I want the oil. Not only do I want the oil, I want you to have the oil. Amen? So let's go on. What does it say? Five of them are wise. Five are foolish. Those who were foolish took the lamp and took no oil with them. But the wise took the oil in their vessels and took their lamp. They're like, I'm full of the bride. Hey, my lamp is full. My oil is burning, but I don't know what's about to come. I just spent time with the bridegroom, but I wanted all that he had. I sat at his feet. I wiped my, tear, my tears with, you know, on his feet or whatever. I worshiped him. I prayed. I cried. I prayed for my family members to come to Christ. I prayed for revival in our church. I want the oil. So when the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy and, and try to take out my marriage or take out my children or steal my finances, I've got oil left. I don't rely on just what's on the outside. This lamp looks good. See my light shining? But nobody sees the oil that you paid the price for. Nobody sees when you closed your closet door and cried out to God and worshiped. And gave him everything and trusted him with everything. That's where that oil comes from. And only Jesus can give that to us. Amen? So five of them. So the wise took their vessels. They took their reservoir and their lamps. The foolish, they took no oil. It means they pursued more of church activity than requiring the presence of God. Than the oil of intimacy. We don't want to just be active in church. Amen? No, I want more. I need more. I need the oil of intimacy of his presence. But the wise, they took the oil in their vessels and in their lamps. They pursued acquiring oil priority. It's the first thing in my life. My marriage may be struggling, but I'm hitting my knees for the oil. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills, but I'm on my knees declaring the word of God in my life. I don't know what's going to happen to my children, 
but I'm going to get the oil from heaven. They knew their first priority was the oil was what's going to sustain them in difficult times. Amen? When you take that oil, it represents the anointing of God. That oil is the tenderness of your heart that breaks in the presence of God. It brings repentance. It brings true repentance. That God really breaks you of those things. And you don't want to behave like that anymore. You don't want to go down that road again. There's true repentance. That in, in the oil time, you're able to forgive people. You're able to release them and say, I'm going to let you go and give you to Jesus and I'm going to trust God. That's only in the time of the oil. You can't do that corporately. You're not even thinking about doing that. This is a group date. You guys got that? We're group dating God. You don't get to know intimacy when you group date. No, you get real when you're on your knees and you're breaking that oil in the presence of God. Amen? Releasing and forgiving. There's a threefold cry that comes from this scripture. Let's look at this. In the midnight hour, the Lord's messengers will cry out. And it says this in verse 5. While the bridegroom delayed, they all slept. They all slept. Now, that sounds like a bad thing, but it's actually not. Because you have to live your life. Right? You're going to get up. you got to go to work. So it's showing that there's life that has to be normal, but there's more than just that. When the bridegroom slept, they all slept. Life can be normal. But at midnight... See, something changed, and, and it says there was a cry heard. See, right now we're in the middle of God. That word midnight means middle. We're in the middle of God about to explode. And he's saying, do you hear me? There's a clarion cry of the Spirit saying, I'm coming. I'm stirring revival. The lost is going to come in. People are going to be healed. I'm coming. And we have to hear that voice. It said, behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go meet him. Let's look at that. First of all, the first thing that happens in this verse is Jesus is coming. He's releasing waves of revival. Jesus is coming. He's releasing. That's what that first part of that verse means. What are we seeing in America right now? There's waves of revival. There's waves of revival. It's popping up everywhere. I'm so blessed my brother in Milwaukee is experiencing it right now. It's, it's about to bubble up here. I know that. That's how you know the cry of the Spirit is happening. There's these waves of revival. The second thing that you see there is that Jesus is coming as the bridegroom with a deep desire for a relationship with you. That's the cry of the Spirit right now. He wants that intimate relationship with you once again. And the third thing is this. We must go out and meet him. It's time. God is saying, it's time to meet me. If you've got to schedule God in your busy schedule, schedule him. It's time to meet him. It's time to maybe turn off our phones and say, one hour, I'm turning it off. I'm going to meet you in my bedroom closet, God. I'm going to meet you on my living room floor. If I got to get in a car, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to park somewhere and I'm going to meet you in my car, God. We've got to go out. We can't keep sitting back and thinking things are going to change by us not changing anything. The cry of the Spirit is, I want you, Jesus. I'm coming for you. I'm bringing revival, but you must come to me. 
I know you feel that also in the spirit, don't you? There is. God's calling us. You can hear that still small voice, but it's time for us to respond. It's time to us to obey and sacrifice that time to go meet with him. God's people must go out to meet him or to make the necessary effort to position themselves in worship, obedience, prayer, the word, fasting. Those aren't legalistic things to do. Those are all anointing, bringing things to do. It's time to get back focused on Jesus, amen? And that's why I'm excited about our days together to receive communion together. One thing that you see is that the, the, the versions with the lamp, they love their outside. Boy, this looks really good. I can shine bright. Everybody can see that I'm showing up like everybody else. But they didn't take value for what's on the inside. Amen? We need to quit worrying about what people think we are. It doesn't matter. Because where's your oil? Where's that oil? Because people can, they can mock me. They can ridicule me. I don't care what they say about me when it comes to Jesus. I don't care. Because I'm going to let my light shine. But I'm going to have the reservoir of the anointing in my life. Amen? All right. Some of this I already shared this morning. Let me share one more thing, and then I'm going to pray over you this morning. Let's look at verse 10. While they went to buy, the bridegroom came. Oh, well, no, I missed something. Sorry. Let's go back up to verse 8 and 9. The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. The wise answered, no. They said, you can't have what I worked for. See, right now, we'll give our oil to you. Right now, there's an altar call. Yes, come, we'll pour out. And I'm not saying anything's wrong with altar call. I answered them myself. But I'm talking about when you know your oil is almost gone. There's a time that those who have been broken and received their oil, they're going to discern, I can't give you what's mine because I need it for what's about to come. Sounds hard to say, but Jesus is showing an example of how things are going to look in days to come. It's not being cruel. It's not walking in love. But I spent this. I paid for this, and I don't have a way I can share it with you anymore. I don't have a way because the bridegroom coming, and I'm going I'm to cherish this for my family, for my life, and for what I need. It's not being selfish. Where were you when Jesus was calling Jesus was calling you to get the oil in your reservoir. Amen? So goes on to say, the wise said, no. They said, but rather go, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourself. In other words, there comes a time that you're going to have to go pay to get that yourself now. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Says this in verse 10, while they went to buy, they had to, go, they had to go find the oil. They had to go get what they needed. They didn't have, they weren't ready for the bridegroom's return. What happened? The bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. Afterwards, the other versions came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. He answered, Surely I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, 
For you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. What was he saying to those who came? I don't recognize you as one of my disciples. It doesn't mean that we don't know fully what that means. He didn't call you evil or destitute for hell. I don't know fully. But he did say it was foolish. I don't know what all that looks like. Maybe a Bible scholar could help me a little bit on that. But I know there comes a time where we can't fully just rely on other people anymore. You can't just rely on this altar. You can't rely on just making a phone call for prayer. That's beautiful. But you're going to have to press in for the oil yourself. God's calling every one of us collectively to push in for the oil of his presence. Amen? Jesus will come to his people in seasons of revival before he comes in the sky. That's what's happening. The ways of his spirit's activity will increase, leading to an end time revival. If I have one thing to say to you, church, we need to awaken. Awaken to the hour of what the Holy Spirit is doing. I am asking you by the Holy Spirit to take these next 30 days and say, God, I will commune with you every day. I will sacrifice my time and my flesh, and I will receive communion, and I will get on my knees with my family, and we will hold hands and pray together. Show your children how to pray. Show your children how to receive communion. They, 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 this, this generation has never seen a revival or a move of God. I was, we had a move of God in Rockford, didn't we? I mean, our church was, the, it was a mega church when there was no mega churches. People were being saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. I grew up in that. We had revival in my own home. My dad had people coming in and out, drug addicts, prostitutes, homosexuals, all it, coming out, touched by the power of God. That's revival. And God wants to stir those winds again. He is stirring those winds right now for healing and power. Why? Because the world needs the genuine outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They don't need cute little lights to shine. They need an outpouring of the anointing of God because it's the anointing that sets them free. And that's why God is stripping down the lights of the church and the fog machines of the church and all that kind of stuff. God's like, I'm going to take that all away. We're going to go back to my anointing. So let's take the next 30 days. Say, God, I'm going to fill up my reservoir. I'm going to press in. I'm telling you, by Easter church, we can have an open awakening in this church. I'm going to tell you, I already know they're going to line upside the door, outside the doors, but it's going to take a, our, us to get on our knees and pay the price so that we can pour this oil out to those who are coming. Amen? There's people coming who are hurting and broken, and they need a genuine touch of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask all of you to stand. And I'm going to ask you to come forward, if you can, just up to the altar. I believe God's making his altar holy in this hour. If the world can have idols, we need to have our altars. Just come make your way on up. Just make your way on up. And everybody come on up. Hallelujah. There's plenty of room in the middle, so just everybody pour on in. I'm not going to keep you long. 
you receive something from the Lord today, something you needed. Putting it, me too. I want my oil. I'm going to be a biggie for Jesus. I want my oil. And I believe that God's going to touch our young people in this church. I see a youth revival arising in this house. I see it. It's going to come. All right. Thank you, Jesus. You're okay, honey. Let me just pray over you. Father, right now, I thank you for everyone at this altar, God. Your altar is holy, God. Your presence is here, Holy Spirit. And I thank you, God, that you touch every one of us in this room, God. We thank you, God, for the oil of the Holy Spirit to begin to pour down upon them, God. Lord, your word says that we can't even come to you unless we are drawn by the Holy Spirit. So, God, I release the Holy Spirit over everyone in this altar in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, pour down. Come upon them, Father God. I thank you for heaven to open up over them right now, God. I thank you for the power and the presence of your Spirit to begin to, God, just let that be like a fresh oil anointing falling upon them. God, begin to draw us as a church. Begin to draw us to repentance. Begin to draw us to your anointing and worship. Break our hearts for the things that break you, Father God. I thank you for the cry of the Holy Spirit that's over each one of them in the name of Jesus. And I break every barrier. I break everything that's holding them back, Father God. I break every weapon of the enemy. And God, I thank you that you will move like a mighty force through their hearts, through their families, in the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, stir us up. Stir us up. If you pray in the Holy Spirit, pray in the Holy Spirit right now. Just talk to the Lord. Awaken you. Pray. If you don't, just say thank you, Jesus. Just talk to the Lord in your English. That's okay. Okay. We thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. See the Holy Spirit stirring you up right now. See the Holy Spirit activating you right now. Oh, Holy Spirit, sweep. Sweep across them. Sweep across them. Fresh fire. Fresh anointing. Fresh zeal, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, God. We cry out to you, Father. We cry out to you, Jesus. Open up our voice and give us a shout, God. Give us a worship. Hallelujah. Loose us, God. Loose us from apathy. Loose us, Father God, from the enemy's control, Father. Oh, Rakata, Sarananabashi. Sarananabashi.